Welcome to Catch These Vibes. My name is Charmonique and you are listening to episode 90. Thank you so much for tuning in. So this week we are going to continue on from last week where we were going through Insecure, okay? So we went through season one and a little bit of two last week and we're going to finish season two and go through season three. So let's go ahead and get it started. All right. So one of the So let's just start off with Molly. Let's start off with Molly and what she had going on in season 2. So first of all, I want to say that when I go through these recaps of in the seasons of Insecure, I'm not at all judging any of the characters because who am I to judge? I mean, I'm not the person to judge at all. Okay, so that's not what this is about for me. It's not about judging them or anything, but I really do feel like the things, the situations that the characters go through in the show are all like learning lessons that I feel like a lot of people can learn from the things that everyone um, experienced. So Molly is one of the characters I definitely look up to. I love Molly. I love how she has her shit together. Um, She knows what she wants as far as like who she is and what she wants to do with herself um, as professional wise. Um, you know, career-wise, she just knows what she what she wants, and she's goes for it. And I really admire that in Molly. So, in season two, we are introduced to Dro. So Dro is he he definitely stirred things up a lot for Molly in um her storyline. So he is a friend that she grew up with. They grew up in the same neighborhood they live directly across from one another so they have this real cool friendship this real cool bond and so they're at that the the event that um that we were talking about that we left off on in the last episode so it's episode four so they're at that event and they're just having a good old time dancing. And then they have this little moment when they kind of start grinding on each other. And Molly's just like, hold on, wait a minute. Whoa, like, you know, you met you a married man. And then so that's when he introduces the fact that they they be seeing other people. So so Molly, she at first is just like caught off guard because she's just like, I'm pretty sure she wasn't really expecting to hear that. And the fact that Candace was okay with it, like it's a in an agreement that they had. You don't really see that in shows. Usually it's just one or the other. I'm not going to blame it on only the husbands. It'd it be the wife too. So usually it'd be either the wife or the husband sneaking behind the other's back and cheating and doing dirt. But in this instance, Candace and Dro had an agreement about them dating other people they didn't want to limit each other which I mean I'm not going to judge that situation I don't feel like it would be right for me I don't feel like I would like to um be dating other people 
and have my husband dating other people. I just feel like that wouldn't really be something that I'll be cool with. But you know, you never know. Like once you get into a marriage, it's 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 a different, it's a whole new world. So I can't really speak for married folks. Um, but I'm just just what I envision for myself. I just don't think that I would want to do something like that. But it was something that was working for them, and they obviously came to an agreement and decided that they wanted to date other people. Cool. But Molly was first like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But then one thing led to another, and her and Dro just started, like, really getting it in, going on dates and, you know, spending a night with one another. And it was just kind of like, Molly, like, what did you really think was going to happen? Like, where did you think that that was going to go? Um, so of course she ended up being hurt in the end and, um, that, that situation does lead into season three. Um, so the, by the end of season two, Molly was like, I can't do this anymore. And it was just like, okay, this days ain't working out. I don't like how when your wife call, you leaving me for her. Even though it's just like, come on now, it's his wife. What did you really think was going to be happening? So, yeah, that's pretty much what happens with that situation. It's like the sex is good. It feels good. But at the end of the day, you are married and you're going to always tend to that your wife. Because, I mean, he, he I drove respected his marriage, even though it was just like, I don't know, but in their weird kind of way, they respect Candace and Dro respected their marriage and respected one another, yada, yada. So there, that was that situation. Now let's get to Issa. So Issa, Issa was really focused on having this hotation. <laughs> and every time I say the word hotation, I just thinking about her using her index fingers, one just standing her, uh, one of them uh, just pointed up right into the other in a circular motion. Her hotation. That's every, every time when I say that, that's what I envision her doing because she was really like feeling herself in season two, thinking that she was really doing the damn thing. And I ain't gonna lie, she kind of had like a little situation going where it was like, okay, she got neighbor bay, she got grown suave bay, um, and then she had Daniel like. She was, you know, trying to do her thing, but I feel like she just was acting real, like, what's the word? Like, she just was super thirsty for the dick, and it was just like, girl, like, relax. Why are you acting like you ain't ever had sex before? Like, she just was, like, for example, there was a, she went on a date with, let's call him Grown Suave Bay. He was like this Latin man that she was she had started seeing and he really wanted to take her out on a date and you know do it real grown and sexy like but she didn't even want to leave her apartment she wanted him to take her right then and there on her couch she wasn't trying to have a romantic evening she just was trying to get it in and he was just like no let's you know let's go out let's go go to the restaurant and she wasn't trying to hear that so that's she ruined things with grown suave and then because 
she was trying to have this hotation thing going, she fucked it up with Daniel. And I really feel like her and Daniel could have had something really, like, really explored what they had. Because I do feel like they were a cute couple. They could have been a cute couple. But the timing was just always wrong. And so Daniel, it just, it does kind of suck because it, it does seem like Daniel really cared for her and would do anything for her. And at the end of the day, he was all, it seemed like he was always like putting things to the side to be there for her. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, for season three. Um, so yeah, Issa, she, she had her rotation going and it just was like not really working out. It wasn't really tationing, you know? So if that makes sense. All right. So let's get on Lauren's ass. Um, so Lawrence in season two, he was really still, I feel like he was really still figuring out how to deal with the breakup with Issa. He didn't really know how to feel. I feel like he wanted on several occasions. I feel like he wanted to possibly make up with her, but then he was just like, nah, fuck that. Um, he ended up seeing a picture of Issa and Daniel at the spot at the restaurant. So he's just like, what the fuck is this? Now he's starting to think, oh, so was she fucking with him all this time? And ooty wooty whoop, yada yada yada. And my thing, my whole thing with with Lawrence is how you how do you know that they didn't just run into each other? I mean, because basically that's what happened. They ran into each other. It wasn't like they just went on a date or they just been talking this whole time. They literally ran into each other and reconnected. And how can you be mad about that? You you ain't trying to get her, give her another chance. So was she supposed to be single forever? Like, that's the thing that I cannot stand about men. They just really be unfair sometimes. So he gets upset about seeing that her and Daniel are obviously still in touch with, with one another due to that, just because he saw that picture. Um... So he eventually starts dating his coworker and he brings the coworker to Derek's birthday party, which is at a restaurant. And at this point, Issa and Daniel, they're at odds because of a situation that happened where Daniel really had Issa felt had Issa fucked up. That's how she felt. So at this point, Issa and Daniel, they're just like not even fucking with each other at this point or at this moment that he brings a partner that's her name the co-worker he brings her to the party and I mean it's super awkward because it's like why would you bring her you know Issa's going to be there and then you didn't even really give Issa uh, partner the heads up that your ex was going to be there it was just was a real awkward situation Issa and Lawrence of course get into like a heated moment heated argument which was like I mean it was going bound to happen it was bound to happen that they was going to get into like a heated moment where they cuss each other out and say some harsh things that they might might regret so that happens and um 
Lawrence, he just was really dealing with, I feel like he was kind of traumatized because of what happened with Issa, with Issa cheating on him. Now he got all these crazy trust issues. And, you know, the girl, Aparna, his coworker, she was like real cool, real laid back and was just, she just seemed to be very secure with herself. And she just was like, you know, not trying to deal with that jealous shit. So they they ended up, of course, not working out. Um, so by the end of season two, Issa moves out of her apartment and her and Lawrence had this real deep conversation. And it was a conversation that was definitely needed. They were able to just hear each other out. And I think Issa was really able to apologize and just let him know that she really was, um, she really was apologetic about what she did and and she knew and understood how much she hurt hurt him so she was really able to communicate that to him in this com- this final conversation they had at that this place that they spent so much time together um in that apartment so it ended off on good terms on good terms as far as that um only thing is Issa now she she doesn't have a place to stay. So she she was going to stay with her brother, but that didn't work out. She ends up staying with guess who? Some of y'all already know, of course. If you don't know, I don't know why you're listening to this. I mean, if you just don't want to go through the, the watching the seasons, maybe I guess that would be your reason for listening. Because this is all types of spoiler alerts. But cool, cool, whatever. So... She ends up staying with Daniel. So that leads us into season three. So <laughs> the season season three starts out with Daniel having sex with somebody. And this is supposed it's supposed to be his girlfriend or whatever. Um he ends up having sex with his girlfriend while Issa is sleeping on his couch. Like, they weren't discreet about it or nothing. Like, they were loud, and it was just like, oh, my goodness. He was, you could, I mean, he just wasn't giving a fuck. I don't want to say that he was doing it on purpose. I mean, it is his place. Um, But, yeah, he definitely was not giving a fuck because he, I think Daniel was just at a point where it's like Issa was just playing too many games. It was like one minute it's this, and the next minute she were talking about she want to be seeing other people. So it was just like, well, just because you staying with me don't mean I'm about to be tiptoeing around in my own place. Which you know I feel him. Like, why do he have to deprive himself of his needs or whatever? Because he used to live with him. So that was a, a wild scene, and it was funny. And I was just like, you can't. You can't do nothing but feel bad for Issa a lot in this season. Um, so Issa, she meets a new guy. She meets Nathan because she starts driving Lyft, um, a, a way to to get some money so that she can hurry up and get out of Daniel's place. So she meets Nathan. Um. Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. Um, 
I think I think they have a dope connection. I mean, just the way that they connected so so easily, it feels like it was just kind of like a, a real effortless connection between Nathan and Issa. Like it didn't really take much time for them to connect and you were able to see that they have um, some type of chemistry right off the bat. So Nathan ends up being like one of those, one of the main uh, love interests in season three for Issa, because um, most of season three, we don't see Lawrence. We don't really see him towards maybe the half, halfway through the season, maybe. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, so what happens is Issa and the girls, they all go to Coachella, which is probably one of the best, um, one of the best episodes. It was pretty, pretty funny and very eventful their time at Coachella. There's a Ferris wheel scene with Nathan and Issa. They get real nasty up there in the sky. Um, so they definitely had a good time. Um, and then Issa ends up seeing Lawrence. So they haven't seen each other for a while. They haven't spoken. Um, and so at this point, they, um, pretty much have, you know, moved on with their lives. And now they're able to kind of reconnect and build a a friendship. So that's what you see in season three. You see Lawrence and Issa build a friendship and they just they just are able to talk and talk about different things that they're experiencing in some way I just feel like it was like helpful for both of them to be able to to talk this those certain things out so they they end up reconnecting which was really nice to see because it was like it was just a real platonic friendly um reconnecting um between those two so I I'm very I was very happy to see that um, when I first saw it and when I rewatched it. Um, so yeah, Lawrence and Issa, they, they create this friendship. Um, Lawrence, he's just been, you know, just being a single man and having sex with everything in sight. Um, so there's this, the season where, I mean, not the season, but the episode where he finds out that he has a, a STD because he just been having sex like crazy. So he he has to to call call the people that he was having sex with. So Lawrence definitely had to have a reality check. Um, he was just like, "Damn, what am I doing?" He ends up going to church. Um, he ends up meeting this woman, and it was funny because. She was like, yeah, I go to Bible study and I've been, you know, I'm, she was just real involved in the church. And so I remember like she had hit him up like, hey, am I going to see you at the Bible study? And he was just like, mm, I ain't trying to do all that. So that is um, what kind of leads him into seeing Condola, Condoleezza Rice. So, so Condola, after watching this season, I like, I mean, I like Condola, honestly. And I think I liked her before 
but it's just the fact that she started dating Lawrence that it of course I gotta it's just like this natural dislike for her because I mean that's Issa's man at the end of the day so um Issa she ends up quitting her job and it was just so I in that in that episode when she quits her job you could just feel the inspiration that she felt in that moment and the weight that lifted was lifted off her shoulders because it's now it's like I don't got to worry about doing this anymore because it's it's not even something that I want to do. I'm not I'm no longer being fulfilled by this job. So she ends up quitting and decides to throw her block party um and then that's how Issa connects with Condola. So Condola throw through an event where they have watched a movie um and it was a very successful event. And Issa was very inspired by it. So they started connecting and talking. And Condola ended up being someone who really helped Issa out. Who really helped Issa's block party um, get to where it got. So they were able to build that connection. And because of that, it's hard to to really not like condola because when you just think about it it ain't her fault that she met lawrence and then met Issa. like it's just the way that the world or the universe you know worked for them or worked for her and you can't really be mad at her but we're gonna be mad at her anyways you know what i'm saying because that's just that's just what it is so Issa and Condola ended up linking up and and um, planning things for her block party. And it's just like, you could just tell Issa was just so thankful for Condola. Like, oh my gosh, like you're my savior. Like you're helping me so, so, so much, making helping me make this possible. So you could just tell that Issa really, really appreciated Condola and create, appreciated her connection with Condola. And that's why it in season four, which we're going to talk about next week, that's why it's just like such a messy situation. And you could really tell that Issa struggled with figuring out how she was supposed to feel about Condola. And so we're going to get into that on the next episode. So one of the things that we really see in season three is Issa and Molly's relationship really deteriorate. And one of the things that really just set it off was Molly turning Nathan away. So Nathan, in, 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 it's a very important conversation to be had about Nathan because he ultimately let Issa know that he was going through some mental mental health issues. What he described was most likely just depression, you know, that he wasn't, he didn't talk to her. I believe it was for like a month and she just was really, really hurt by it because it was, it in her, to her perspective, 
in her point of view, she feels like she was just ghosted and like he just made her like him and then left her like it was nothing. And from his perspective, his point of view, he was in a dark, just having a really dark moment and didn't know how to express it to her. And he, when he, he, he said that when he has these dark moments, he doesn't really know how to, to talk about it. And he doesn't really like, like to talk. He just kind of like goes into his own shell and disappears and probably only deals with people that he has to deal with. So that, you know, he maybe family, who knows, his roommate, Andrew, and whatever he was doing to make his money. So the customers are in whoever. Um, so because Nathan and Issa's eyes ghosted her and she really talked about that to Molly and expressed, you know, her, her concern and and her hurt about it. Molly felt like she was doing her friend a solid by turning Nathan away. So Nathan pulls up to, or walks up, actually. He didn't pull up. He walked up to Issa's apartment just as Molly pulls up. As she is arriving, he's arriving, and she's just like, wait, 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 what are you doing? You know, she was just trying to protect her friend. So I can understand somewhat. But at the same time, I understand why Issa would be upset about that. Because it's like, let me make the decision to not accept his apology or not hear him out. Let me decide if I want to do that or not. Like, don't just make the decision for me. And that's what Molly ultimately did. She turned Nathan away when he was trying to, um, he was trying to, you know, express to her what what had been going on, you know, and, and make up for lost time. So Molly turned him away and and, he, and told him he that he needed to leave and that if he cared about her or wanted her to enjoy her birthday or whatever, that he would just, he would leave. So that's what he did. And Issa was really upset about it. I think at that point, she just really had it with Molly. She felt like Molly was just being super negative the whole time of the whole season, she felt like Molly was being negative. I mean, and and she kind of was. She was kind of negative and being real selfish. You know, in, in Molly's defense, she genuinely felt like she was doing what she had to do to um, protect herself and just um, maintain, help maintain her peace, I guess. Um, so, so yeah, I, but I feel Issa all the way. I would have been upset, too, if because it's just like he he brought me how you know you can't tell me that I can't make up with him or I can't hear him out like let me decide that and she really took that from her even though um even though they he did come by before the, the end of the season but it was just like, I completely understood why Issa was upset with Molly for that. 
and Molly, she just kind of, she just kind of overdid it. It was just kind of a, like, you, just because you are in at a place where you don't want to give people chances, don't mean I got to be exactly like that. Don't mean Issa had to be exactly like that. So that was definitely a situation I felt like was like one of those ones that just almost could have really ended their relationship right then and there. Um, but in season four, we're going to see, see some more of their relationship deteriorate or see how their, their relationship deteriorates more. Um, I feel like this is really like the, not the start of it because I feel like they, they've, they always had some kind of issues like when they went before, when they had went to Malibu, they had their issues and disagreements. Um, but at the same time, what I would, what I can say is that I do like their relationship, the friendship that they have. I feel like they, they get each other, they understand each other, and they have this really cool bond where they can be, they can be honest with each other and say things that they both need to hear so that's what I do love about their friendship but also I also understand that you know sometimes some certain relationships and friendships have to go through certain things and either you're gonna come out on the other side stronger or or come out on the other side different and that different could be that y'all just don't fuck with each other no more and sometimes that that's just the way it goes. Um, but we're going to get into Molly and Issa's friendship a little bit more in season four. So next week. So the new Scream trailer premiered this week. Um, I feel like it's going to be really good from what it looks like has of course the original cast there's Dewey, Sydney, and Gil so I'm very interested to see where they take it um from the trailer I think that it said that Ghostface is killing the family members of the original killers so that's interesting really makes you wonder well who the hell is Ghostface because why would you be killing the killers family members and you're the killer that's okay interesting so i'm really i'm really looking forward to watch that movie it comes out january 14th which is six days before my birthday so it's gonna be a good time um speaking of scream i went to the movie theater on sunday to watch scream 1996 for the 25th anniversary um it was it was cool just to be there with among other scream lovers it was not a lot of people in that theater at all it was probably me and 10 other people but it was just really cool just something to do you know i could have easily watched it at home but um i just was like you know what let me go because i never experienced it in the movie theater and so i thought it would be cool to do it so i did that So one of the things that I wanted to talk about and shed light on in this episode is Jelani Day. Rest in peace to Dr. Jelani Day. 
Um, there have been a lot of different questions surrounding his death. So I wanted to just touch on what's been going on and, and just bring this story to the forefront because it's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, actually, I heard recently that we should not say crazy. Um, so it's pretty unusual. I'll say that because that's what the article says. It's, it's sad that his life was taken and it's more than sad. It's heartbreaking. But the the facts surrounding his death, it's just really like eerie. Like what, what the heck? So I wanted to go over this article that I found on Yahoo News. So it's titled, Questions Surrounding the Death of Jelani Day Continue, October 11, 2021, by Beba Adams. So it says, police call circumstances around the disappearance, death of the Illinois State University student, suspicious and unusual. When the body of Illinois State University student Jelani Day was found in the Illinois River near Peru, a far southwest Chicago suburb, police called the circumstances around his disappearance and death suspicious. To me, so it says, quote, to me, it's unusual the way his vehicle was. You know, it was off of a parking lot inside. It wasn't like deep into a woods, but it was off a parking lot, end quote. Bloomington Police Public Information Officer John Foreman said last month, according to NBC5, quote, that's unusual just in itself. There's not much I can release at this point. So just really to so just really to state the obvious, that's unusual, end quote. Chicago Sun-Times journalist John W. Fountain has been writing a series called Justice for Jelani where he researches Day's disappearance through compelling personal narrative essays. In the first, he called every bit as human as Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old Florida woman who disappeared while on a trip with her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. Her body was later found in a national park in Wyoming. In his most recent of series, the third installment, Fountain writes about Carmen Bolden Day, the mother of the 25-year-old student. She was unable to see her son for nearly a month and experienced a perceived lack of empathy and urgency by police. The intense decomposition of Jelani's remains meant that Carmen and other family members had to submit to DNA testing to help identify his body. According to the article, Day's corpse had no eyeballs, was missing its front top and bottom teeth, and after a second autopsy by a private forensic pathologist, it was determined that his jawbone had been sawed out. Reportedly, his organs were liquefied and his body has suffered bites from fish and turtles. Fountain points out that Carmen Bolden Day never saw her son's remains. Jelani's grandmother and one of his brothers viewed his body before his, clo- his closed casket funeral. The article has incited social media users. One wrote, quote, The coverage can't stop until they find out who killed Jelani Day. The FBI should be brought in, especially considering the facts of this case. Peru, Illinois is known sundown town, and there needs to be further probe into his murder, end quote. 
that is just so terrifying so wait why is it doing that hold on okay in a statement on monday jelani's mother pushed back against the speculation that his organs were missing quote some things need and have to be clarified no organs were missing i do not want to stray off from the facts there were contradicting facts from the first preliminary autopsy compared to the second independent autopsy but this is not a case of organ harvesting however my son did not put himself in a river my son was murdered and my goal and purpose are to find out what happened and hold those responsible accountable end quote the statement read so that is the end of the article so when when it, the news came out about his his remains about the his eyeballs and missing in the top and bottom of his teeth i i mean I'm, i i immediately was just like okay well is that something that does do fish do that like do because he was in the water is it possible that some type of creature was eating at his body because that is just so odd and so unusual like why was his what what, what the heck happened to his eyeballs it's just so terrifying and I, I really just will wish that this story was getting coverage as much as other stories and cases and deaths get because his his killer needs to be found like we they need to figure this out so the sense of urgency the urgency that they have you know for Caucasian um, victims and missing persons they need to have for for black african-american people so that's why i wanted to take the time to to talk about jelani day i rest in peace to him and i want to send condolences out to his mother and to his family but this is very sad and just terrifying and i don't know illinois it's just something about illinois because wasn't kanika jenkins from there she was from illinois too i believe which was oh my gosh that is a whole nother yep she was she was at the old hair hotel in rosemont illinois that was in 2017 dang i can't believe it's been that long but yeah that's these these different stories man it's just it's just so sad and um the Kanika Jenkins story really had me shook and it had everybody shook like everybody was trying to investigate it and look at the the cameras the the footage and really try to figure it out um but they ultimately ruled that as an accident so um that's the last thing that I heard about Kanika Jenkins recipes to her but what is it about Illinois it's just these really odd cases and i mean i know there's odd stuff that happens everywhere but there's just there's they there's a rumor about organ harvesting in illinois because that's that's what came up when kanika jenkins um when we found out about her so i don't know man i think it's definitely something to look into I, I got to do some research and see if there's anyone who's um, 
done and i'm sure there is i just gotta look into it but i really would love to see if there's anyone who's been looking into the kanika jenkins death because i just feel like that shit is still like a mystery to me and it's just so so creepy um same thing with jelani day so i really really wanted to talk about these well jelani day but it reminded me of kanika jenkins so that's why i started talking about her too but we got to get more attention on these certain cases. That's our episode for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Catch These Vibes. My name's Charmonique, and see you next week, or talk to you next week, rather. Love, peace, and hair grease.